Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugolo, and on this show I speak with women and a few cool dudes, all of them change makers, artists, healers, and entrepreneurs about how they put their dreams into action. And today I have as my guest Maria Chico, who is the founder of School for Mindful Play. I love that title. Tell us about that. It has two important words, play and mindful. Play, what I think about play is joy. It's expression, it's creating something in the moment. It's um, the type of energy that children bring out into the world or cats, dogs, animals. Something that is natural within all of us. And mindful is noticing this energy, noticing this quality that we do have and directing ourselves towards this quality so that we do create from the place of joy and we create everywhere in our lives, in our relationships, um, families, work, self-care, relationship with the world, community. That sounds so beautiful. So what, how would you define play? Like what is play, do you think? You know, like what is, how do we know what play looks like? <laughs> it is a <laughs> like how, well, how fun does it go because there's a spectrum we have play and we've got work right so there there's a place there must be a place where they meet mm -hmm. right what I what do you think I contemplated about play for quite a bit and um, recently I went I went to a lecture to see what play is about so when people were watching videos of children playing versus children being in school studying what they found is that there is a lot of movement. There is a lot of um, unconstrained and improvised type of activities going on. There is a lot of joy, interactions, and spontaneity. So I would say that this is creating in the moment, not being constrained, maybe playing by the rules, but also having a lot of freedom in whatever you express. Mm -hmm. So have adults gone so far into the seriousness of their work that they need to go to a school? I think so. <laughs> For play. <laughs> I, would say, I would say it is about unlearning what you have learned. Uh -huh. It is not that we don't know how to play. We all do. But sometimes we forget. We are too mental and live too much in our mind and interpret what is joyful and what is playful and we forget how play feels like mm. in our body. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, I want to ask more about that. Before I do, I want to know how did you come to this place of wanting to create this school? Mm. And this is an online school or is it? Uh... It is both online and in person. Mm -hmm. So we do individual sessions and we also do group classes because you need to have a group face-to-face -face type of an interaction to create not only with yourself but in a group context interacting with people mm -hmm. so then your your live programs are in the boston area yes mm -hmm. and we uh, i personally also teach people on skype mm -hmm. so there is a potential of working online as well okay all right so how did you get here why, why did you create this? Like, how did you even, why did it even occur to you? There must be, there's a story here, I know. <laughs> there is definitely a story. I have to tell you that when I grew up, I had no idea what I wanted to be. 
Some people are born that they want to be a musician or a composer or a painter. I had no idea what I wanted to be. And it's been taking me a while to find out what I actually want to do. So this past December, I was in Costa Rica. And I asked myself after 500th time, what is my soul's desire? And what I realized is that I'm the best at celebrating life. <laughs> this is my gift, to celebrate life and enjoy it. And I know that I need to align with what I'm the best at. And celebrating life is what I'm good at. So I had to unlearn over many years what my mind thinks joy is and play is. And then what I notice now is that it's just a spontaneous process that is available anytime and any place. So I thought that why not do what I love? Mm -hmm. So when you say, I'm good at celebrating life, what does that look like to you? Are you good at parties? <laughs> <laughs> what, what does that mean to you? Sure. I think it means that no matter what the circumstances are, I change lenses at which I see, look at the world. Because I'm not saying that life is always easy and there are challenges, but what I also am good at, at changing my lenses and how I look at things. So it's all about kind of tuning your inner glasses to how you look at the world. Mm, can you give an example? Absolutely. <laughs> can I give you an example from today? Sure. <laughs> so just before coming here, I teach a statistics class at the university. And I had a mid mid-semester evaluation. So one of the classes is not going so well. And I think students are struggling a lot with the process. And I'm, I'm also learning a lot from this class. So what happened before coming to the show, just half an hour before I was, I was reading through the mid-semester evaluations. And it was three pages of not so pleasant reflection about the class. So I was thinking to myself, what a beautiful setup. I am about to talk on the show about mindful play. And I am reading through judgments, a lot of judgments and evaluations, because we all have judgments. So I used one of the exercises that I do for myself to actually open to that and to see judgments, those judgments as a gift. And I realized that those were the biggest gifts that I was receiving today is to be free of judgment because people will judge you all the time. And not to stay in this energy and still do what you love is it's what's empowering to us. And I think this is where play comes in, not, not taking life too seriously and not being stuck. Mm. Wow, that's, that's a great example. So how do you not hold on to judgment? And because if someone's judging you, you probably start to judge yourself. Exactly. Exactly. For me, when I hear judgment from other people, it is a reminder that I judge myself. And this is a reminder of particular quality that I have, and everybody has. So I have um, one of my favorite quotes is by Ramdas: love everyone and speak your truth. So my intention and my motto in life is to love everything that comes my way because this is how I grow and this is how I create. And 
sometimes it's not easy, but remembering that this is play and this is a process, this is what helps me interact with all situations that come my way. Mm -hmm. and, and what I'm also learning is from this change of the perspective and putting different glasses on, I cannot only grow in love and open myself to the world, but I'm also more immune to different things that come my way. And so they don't prevent me from experiencing joy no matter where I am. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're pushing away these evaluations, but you're receiving them with a different lens. So you're not having to trigger your sense of not being good enough, but rather, oh, these are opportunities for me to see how I can make the class even better or how I can help this student improve. Uh, understand things in a better way or absolutely. more easily. Absolutely. And I think it is also what is also very important to me is to know how to take this information and then turn my mind on and off from it because naturally the mind stays especially if something is unpleasant it, it tends to chew on it for a while mm -hmm. and wouldn't let go so rather than taking useful information and processing it and then thinking, okay, what are my next steps? How can I utilize this feedback to make changes? Um, a big part of it is also how to recenter and how to find yourself in a space of what I call higher vibration. Mm -hmm. And working with the mind is very important because it can go sideways so easily. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, that's such a human, common human experience mm -hmm. for us to get derailed by something for quite a while. And then it has its ripple effects because then we're kind of crabby or grumpy because mm -hmm. we're feeling bad about ourselves. And then other people around us get to feel that as well. Mm -hmm. and, and it does impact us in many ways. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm also curious about something you said about having to unlearn ways of seeing what joy was for you before, mm -hmm. and you have a new sense of joy. Can you say something about that? Uh, there's so many things that you're saying I want to ask you about. <laughs> sure. I think most of the things I'm talking about, they're so simple to children, but not to adults. and. Joy is such, as, such an essential and pure emotion when we see a child or a dog seeing us, they're exuberant. Their whole body is open, they're relaxed, they're zooming joy out. It is such a beautiful experience of just being in the presence of that. And I think as we grow up, we forget what the authentic joy means versus what we learn joy means from adults. And usually joy that comes from the adult perspective is linked to something. It's linked to an achievement. It's linked to a degree. It's linked to a relationship. It's linked to money. Different conditions in life then bring joy. And I think that in my own journey, I was, it was very interesting. There was a little bit lopsided education of how I experienced joy. So form rather than a content. So the content you can feel and you know exactly how it reverberates in your body and, you, and how your emotions align with that joy. But 
I was so stuck in the mental framework of what joy means rather than the experience of it that pursuing joy on the external level was never satisfying. And academically and professionally and in personal relationships, I have achieved a lot in the past, but it never brought me joy. Hmm. So after going through the traditional pathway of finding joy, I realized that there is something I'm missing <laughs> with so, so much education and so much experience, I'm missing the essential component of what joy feels. And that's where I had to unlearn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you do in, your, in the school of mindful play to help people to find this again? Mm -hmm. what are, can you describe it? So we use elements of play, and they involve body movements, or one of the latest beautiful explorations for me is working with colors and paint. So when we paint, it is something that is so intuitive, and we express it so beautifully on a paper. You don't need to be a painter or an artist. And the idea that it is a, an expressive painting, whatever you want to do, it can be abstract. And using that, we connect some concepts, important concept, concepts, for example, how to work with desires and wishes, or how to work with transformations, personal transformations. For example, if you're clouded in life and you're uncertain about how things unfold, you're indecisive, you don't know which way to take, and then how to bring clarity as an opposing or a complementary factor to that. And I think when we talk about it conceptually, it's a little bit challenging to understand because there are so many books written about it. But when you participate in the process of transformation or in the process of finding and learning about desires and your attachments to desires, you, you're involved as a whole being in the process. So your body is involved. You feel particular emotions. You experience sensations in the body. Your mind is also involved because we share and we bounce ideas in a group off each other. So it becomes a whole body and a whole person perspective rather than just an intellectual transference of knowledge. Mm. So like how would that work? Would they, would someone, let's say someone is in a place of indecision, they're not sure where they're going, it feels like this big unknown, they come in, you're going to be doing painting with them. Is it simply that they, they know that this is what they are looking at and they start to paint or do they like how do you guide them to mm -hmm. explore that sure we are so common to each other we're so similar in terms of uh, human beings so i know a lot of the things by working on myself with some of the common themes that people uh, sometimes face in life so in the context of indecisiveness um, it, it can be the case that I share my personal life story of what I'm exploring or playing with on any given day and then give some examples of, of possibilities that people work with. And usually it has to do with what is present in your life right now because your life is a mirror. So whatever the challenge is today for you, this is a thing for you to work on. <laughs> Because life is beautiful, it always presents to you exactly what you're ready to tackle. 
So just take today, this morning, or this afternoon, and that is exactly what you're ready to work with. And then what we do is that we paint it. So once we clarify the idea of what is this today for you that you're ready to experience and experiment with, then you paint, let's say, one side of it, which may be non-clarity, and you see what comes up on the page. There is no pattern. There is no uh, necessarily even colors or instructions. Instructions are general, and you are the creator of your own process. And then from there, we find the complementary side, because I think the challenge is not only see what you're working with, because often you know what it is that you're dealing with, but you need to know how the direction in which you will go from there. If you're having trouble with making decisions, then you want to know what is the opposing power that gives you clarity in this context. And once you know that this is clarity, you can also express it. So I often help people, and we help each other in a group, to find what is this complementary strength. The Interesting thing is everybody has this complementary strength, but they might not be aware of it. So painting and myself and we as a group, we are mirrors to each other to find and pinpoint those complementary strengths and say, okay, look, this is who you are. You are this strength. You have it within you. And this is such a beautiful experience which transforms a person knowing that somebody sees in them what they doubt they might have, it is very empowering and gives them tools, practical tools for day-to-day -to -day living to bring it more into their lives and practice to enhance that. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So if you, let's say someone is listening, they go, oh my gosh, I'd love to do it. Can you like give like three tips on how they can just take what there is going on for them in the day and get out some crayons or paints and do this for themselves? Absolutely. So it might be more than three steps, but I will keep it very short. Okay. So one thing to do is to say, okay, what is my challenge today? Um, and let's, let's make it practical, maybe judgment. Right? <laughs> it is from today, so judgment. Um, if we're working with judgment, I would just take a few colors, a canvas, and some brushes. And often I use my left hand, my non-dominant hand, for painting rather than my dominant hand. Then I take a brush, I choose a color based on what feels like judgment maybe a brown color or dark purple or dark blue or black. It may be a mix of different things that feels like a little bit it has energy of cloudedness and a little bit harshness. So to me, it doesn't feel like bright colors right now. And then I let my hand paint whatever it wants to paint. It's not about uh, creating an image that makes necessarily sense, but it's expressing the feeling and sensations of the body on the page. And acrylic colors are beautiful for that because you can move and create whatever you want and the colors are very forgiving. You can create layers on the top of layers and experiment and mix on a page. And 
from my experience, there is a point when you feel you're done. And when you're done, it feels it pours onto this page and it is completely over. It's an expression, a relief. <laughs> and then the opposite part of it, if we're working with judgment, um, for myself, I use the image of unconditional love and acceptance. And I know that a part of me is also that. And then I tune in into this image, and it may be a flower image for somebody. It may be an image of this vast ocean, which is forgiving and inviting to anything that comes to it. It may be an image of the sky with clouds or without clouds, or the sun, sunshine. And then whatever colors come up with that, maybe it's bright yellow or pale blue or pink. So using those colors to either work with what you have done on the page before and maybe transform that, or paint your new image right next to it and see that they're complementary, that one is a fuel for the other. And then it, it also has a particular way of being felt in the body and sensations and experience that comes with it. And the beautiful part of it, the more you connect and tune in into your body as you experience the process, this is your way of knowing. It is not intellectual knowing, but it is the feeling, the experience of knowing that this is what it feels like unconditional love and unconditional joy. What is true in your body is true. <laughs> your body does not lie. And paying attention to how it feels and how you experience the process of painting, what type of thoughts you have, this tunes in with this true state that is within you. And you can turn back to this image or to this experience whenever judgment comes up on a daily basis because this is a very practical tool that you have as a result of your painting. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I can't wait to go home and try it out. <laughs> I'm excited for you. So, so you, you are creating this as a business. Yes. How did you get started? How, like, I want to kind of switch gears here. Mm -hmm. We don't have a lot of time, but I want to hear a little bit about, like, how did you get people to come in? How did you get the word out? How did you create your first classes? Mm -hmm. I have to admit it has been a challenge for me because I don't have any business training and any of my background is so not business-like. The way that I think, I have been personally maybe removing myself from being a saleswoman. So. It has taken me more than a year to come to terms that this potentially can even be my, my work, that I can actually get paid for what I love doing. And it honestly, it started just from, from home and then gradually building up into the community, the word of mouth. Friends have been immensely supportive and encouraging in the process in learning how to rely on friends and use their help, ask for advice and realize that I'm not alone in the process has been a beautiful experience just even to get to know myself and let myself open more to support that I have 
from friends and the community. Mm. So um, what have you heard that people have been benefiting from who have come in in a, like, just mm -hmm. a very kind of succinct way? I think the several feedbacks that I have received is that people haven't realized that they have so much creativity and crea creative potential within them. Mm -hmm. They also didn't know that it can also be so much fun mm -hmm. because often opening or looking at yourself, it, somehow it has this connotation of a challenge, mm. but the process is so supportive and loving and community oriented that it is actually fun. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's great. The idea that personal development or growth can be a pleasure yes. and playful. Well, this is a time now, we've been talking about power ideas all along, but I do have this wild card, which are basically power words. And um, if you pick one and then just take a moment, a minute to riff on it, however you see for your business or life. Oh. <laughs> it always happens like that. What is it? <laughs> it is intuition. Okay. <laughs> what would I do without my intuition? <laughs> mm, I'm so glad that I got this word. I almost have tears in my eyes and gratitude for, for the power of my relationship with my own soul. Because if anything that has moved me in the process in believing my, in myself, it, it has been my relationship with myself. And people call it intuition or soul or higher self or self-knowing, but it has been the foundation of everything I do in life. And it has been a few years, a number of years, that I have been developing intuition with simple exercises and practices, and then deepening and deepening this relationship. And it's, it never fails. Mm -hmm. Even when it makes no sense to the mind, it never fails. Mm. So I would say that this business and this decision is built on intuition. Mm -hmm. Something that we all need to connect with more strongly. Yes. Absolutely. Maria, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. This has been such a pleasure. I've loved listening to you speak about the importance of play and how you play, and I, I feel very inspired. <laughs> thank you. So thanks for tuning in to Women Inspired, and please come and catch us on the next show. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.